How's it going, everybody? This is Stu Coughlin, and welcome back to the Barely There podcast. We are to cover everything surrounding your Chicago Bears. As always, I'm joined by the week one version of the Swami of Swami, the Ayatollah of Capicola, Lucas Profetti. Lucas, explain to the folks at home how you're doing on this fine evening. It is Bears Packer week. How are we feeling, buddy? I mean, I'm as fucking ready as I ever will be, right? Wednesday night recording. Um, got a great game tomorrow with Detroit and Kansas City. So just, man, I'm ready. Like, I'm beyond ready. I think we have seen enough Twitter trash talk for about 12 off seasons. So I'm just ready to see how this team performs. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't have the highest expectations for them. Some people are talking division winners, 10 wins, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm just – I'm here to ride the wave. Like, I have a lot of optimism for the team, and I think it can go pretty far. But, you know, there are some ob- obvious limitations. But when it comes to the Packers, dude, I think it's a pretty – I think our strengths and weaknesses, like they have some strengths on us, uh, on the lines, and we have some strengths, I think, in the skill position and secondary on them. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll break down this game and – talk about whether or not the bears are going to win or lose it. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty good segue to start out. Um, you know, I think the past week college football has gotten us all a little bit hyped up for NFL football. You know, that's the real meat and potatoes. I love college football so freaking much. And, uh, you know, getting to see the first game of Luke fickle area. Sorry. I had to do a little subtle flex on that, but, um, it, it was great to see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm ready for NFL football. You know, I think the chiefs and the Lions is, is a, interesting decision for uh opening game but it feels like a trap game for the chiefs especially with travis kelsey going down with the uh hyper extended knee and honestly they say it's questionable it just doesn't make a lot of sense for a guy like him to play if he's even somewhat injured with the fact that the chiefs are probably gonna go to the playoffs anyway but yeah we'll uh we'll get into all of it here in a second but um be sure to subscribe to the podcast on apple spotify youtube and anywhere else you get your podcasts also be sure to follow us at barely their pod on twitter to stay up to date with everything related to the show and your chicago bears so the the green bay packers coming down to the city to play the chicago bears week one this kind of feels like a uh, a bit of a changing of the guard potentially um we've had a couple of these unfortunately over the last few years um 2018 that game at soldier field felt like the real changing of the guard even though the first game in 2018 kind of hinted at it pretty 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 greatly in all their faces um, this feels like the next real shot for that to happen. You know, this could be a situation where the bears could really come out and, uh, you know, maybe not take over the North per se, because I think the Vikings and the lions are still very much there. You know, they're teams that are going to be competing for this division, but, uh, a good, a good chance for the bears to really come out with momentum in year two of Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and uh, in a big season for Justin Fields, the defense and a lot of different guys on this team. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts with uh, kind of where we are uh, heading into this game? Obviously vibes are high. You know, every, every bears fan I've talked to it's uh, the bears are winning by a thousand. Um, I've already seen a ton of different parlays. I've seen a lot of people trying to ride the money line. It's it's just bound to happen. You could be the most cynical Bears fan in the world, but when it gets to Bears Packer week, it's almost like a chemical imbalance in your brain happens where you're just like the Bears are the greatest thing ever. The Green Bay Packers are literally like crawling out of just the fucking mud of the world and they're just the worst thing to ever exist. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, you kind of touched on it in your uh, your opening monologue there, but uh, 
how are you feeling about the Bears coming to this game? Just uh, kind of kind of broadly, how how realistic of a chance is, is it? Do you think that they can pull this one out? I mean, I, I think this game could go either fucking way, right? Like, look, we've here's the the thing and why I I understand why Bears fans are so hyped and it does feel like one of those changing of the guard moments. The Bears added a fuck ton this offseason and the Packers did not. They and that's something that they traditionally do not do. If anything, they lost more in the last two years and they have gained in the last two years. Um, and I think they have some young explosive pieces that might turn out to be very good. Um, but you know, that's just kind of the vibe. Like the Bears brought in a ton of fucking pros this year. And honestly, we we as fans should expect us to win this game. Like we should expect us to win this game. Aaron Rodgers just left. Um you know, Christian Watson, I know we haven't really, we're not good. We haven't gotten into the injury report, but they have some guys, Christian Watson, Rashawn Gary, Romeo Dobbs, like all their main weapons are banged up outside of their running back room. Like with that being said, it does feel like we're getting set up for a really big fucking letdown, right? Because we've just seen it too many times and I'm not going to like sit here and pretend like that isn't the reality. Like it is, there's been like 2018. We thought the changing of the guard was happening. When Jay Cutler got here, we thought the changing of the guard was happening. Like the guard has never fucking changed. And until it does substantially not on, Oh yeah, we beat the Packers the second game of the year because fucking Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Like until we actually win or sweep the series fucking two years in a row, three years in a row, I'm not going to fucking give us that credibility. Cause I've been like this team, there's only a couple moments like the, what was that? The Christmas game or the Christmas Eve game where we just absolutely beat the fuck out of them. Um, I was there for the Devin Hester game when he returned the one punt to like to the five and returned another one for a touchdown. We ended up winning by like four. Right. So I was there for some of the big moments. And I think this game could very well be one of those big moments where Justin Fields ascends and throws for 300 yards and fucking DJ Moore goes nuts. Right. Like I think it could be, but I don't know, man. There's still, it's like, you got to get that monkey off your back before you can really have that full confidence. Well, yeah. And that's the key term right there at the end is getting the monkey off your back because we we've, we've had these opportunities, you know, and we got a taste of it. Like two, like basically the lovey Smith era, we got a pretty good taste of what beating the Packers, even on a semi-consistent basis looks like and how much different the trajectory of our team can be, you know what I mean? And that was when Brett Favre was still a quarterback. So like we, that, that felt like it had some oomph to it. Unfortunately, we never really did that with Aaron Rodgers, And that's why, you know, that type, that, that type of attitude about it, where, you know, we're kind of setting ourselves into a trap. I think that's fair, you know? And I think uh, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, any, anytime anyone insinuates that we're going to like potentially lose this game, it's, it's an immediate, like, you know, ratio and everyone's going to go, you know, down their throats and everything like that. But I think it's a fair point to take. I don't think personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think my biggest issue with the Packers, and, and this is me just looking at this team from a, from not a Bears fan perspective, but just as like a football perspective. Um, as you said, they really have, they've, they lost their franchise quarterback and one of the best receivers in football in two consecutive off seasons. And they didn't do much to bring that back. You know, Christian Watson obviously had a pretty good rookie year. Romeo Dobbs looks like he can be a, a pretty good wide receiver for them as well. I think he might end up being the long-term guy there, like consistency-wise more than Watson will be. But uh, those are two guys that are on the injury report. That doesn't work very well for them. You know, and then you look at some of the other other high-round picks that they've spent on. You know, Quay Walker, everyone's really high on this guy. 
he had an all right rookie year. You know, Devonta Wyatt, another guy, really people are really high on him. He had an okay rookie year. Um, and those are those were the two first round picks last year. And then they have a guy on uh, Lucas Van Ness who they just spent a first round pick on, and he's probably not gonna not gonna start unless Rashawn Gary's not able to go. And Rashawn Gary, speaking of him, another former first round pick who has shown spurts and hasn't really totally brought it brought it all together. The reason I'm bringing up a lot of the defense, Lucas, is because of how much money of their cap is spent on the defensive side of the football. And they just flat out, even when Aaron Rodgers was here, wasn't able, they were not able to cut the mustard, you know, and they brought back the defensive coordinator who um, I, I don't know a Packer fan who's ever had anything positive. To never say about anyone. Yeah. Like any Packers fan I follow, there's no one that's been in his corner. Ever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of tough sledding on that side of things. And, you know, like, I, I know there was a thread running around today and we were kind of talking about it earlier about how uh, our, our our rosters could potentially be in similar spots. But I think if the Packers really long-term want to make a run at like, you know, building a team around Jordan Love and really giving him a true shot, they're going to have to really find a way to shed some of these contracts on the defense side of the football. And they're going to have to start hitting in the draft. You know, Jair Alexander, that's nice. Russell Douglas is their cornerback and they got him for free agency. And when it's after those two, it's a pretty significant fall off, you know, and even a guy like Darnell Savage, who I didn't bring up, he is by all accounts right now, Packer fans still like him right now, but he's hovering around that bust area, kind of similar to like a Demarius Randall did years ago, you know, and I loved him coming out of college too. I was really upset they got him, but he hasn't been as good um, as I anticipated him to be, but he was also someone that wasn't projected to go in the first round and they traded up to go get him in the first round, which is like, they, they're, they're pretty synonymous for that. And, and like, Looking at it objectively, yes, I do think the Bears, in all reality, have more than enough to win this game. But I'm not going to, like, sit here and pretend like this should be some, oh, yeah, we're favored by – like, we have no business. The, the Bears have no business being favored in any game they played this year. Like, it's just th- – they won three games last year, right? Like, and they did add a bunch, but Tevin's out. That hurts a lot. I'd, if Tevin Jenkins was not injured, I'd feel so much better because I'd be like, okay, we have a complete offensive line, the offensive line that we were going into the season with. And, you know, Darnell Wright should take his lumps as a, as a rookie, but I, I felt pretty confident with it. With him getting hurt and now us doing a little bit of a shuffle, that's a tougher pill to swallow. So I'm, I'm just saying don't fucking – I mean, it's already over now. And you're right, this – I mean, this culture on Twitter of just like, if anyone has a negative thing to say, or just is like, Hey, be fucking weary. Like the Packers aren't as bad as you think they just get fucking destroyed. And it's like, dude, let people have an opinion. Like, I understand if someone's being overly negative all the time, sure. Call them a shit bag. But like, you can say like the Packers are not as bad as the rest of bear fans are making it out to be. And you shouldn't be attacked for it. That's just my opinion. But well, you know, dude, and honestly, even if even if the Packers are, because I just sat on this last segment and was like kind of talking about really some of the big glaring holes, in my opinion, of the Green Bay Packers, even if they are that bad, that doesn't change the fact that this is a trap if you if we potentially make it. You know, I, I can almost guarantee Matt Eberflus, I, I haven't seen him crack a smile all fucking week. And it's because he he has to know the importance of this. Any head coach who takes this job has to know the importance of if I at least beat the Packers the fan base will be off my ass. You know what I mean? Like, even if, even if other things fail around it, if you beat the Packers, chances are you're going to get treated pretty, pretty well. Beat the Packers twice. You're not going to get a lot of complaints. Exactly. You know, there are a lot of people, you know, and I've, I've even said it in the past, you know, joking or not, who 
who even knows because we haven't hit that scenario in a while. If we swept the Packers every year, I, I I don't really care if we go to the playoffs. But that's a conversation for another day. And that's I don't want to get down a meatball tangent right here. But but the biggest the biggest thing about Ibrafus not cracking a smile this week that I've really kind of enjoyed it is like it, it makes me think that he's not getting ahead of himself. He's making sure this team is honed in because like things are lining up for it for this game to be. A, a, a defining game for not only him as a coach, but the franchise moving forward into the, like the Ryan Poles era and kind of this next step, you know, we're, we're finally getting out of the remnants of the, the Ryan pace, the Matt Nagy's of the world, but we, we can't get ahead of ourselves. You know, like we just talked about at the top of the show. And obviously this is, you know, Bain and Garfield when we're comparing like the power of the Kansas city chiefs, but like if Kansas city goes into this game, even at home, kind of looking down on the Detroit Lions, they're going to get punched in the mouth. You know what I mean? And that's the same way. You know, we've seen how just things can happen. And, you know, Jair Alexander, he is one of the top corners in the game. And he is a guy who can get under receiver skins. We have not seen him a lot against a guy like DJ Moore. And that's almost consistently who he's going to be lined up with. You know, Devondre Campbell, he's shown that he can be a pretty respectable, respectable, respectable guy in the middle, if I can talk today. Um, and he's going to be uh, showing a guy like Cole Komet a lot of attention. And uh, Rudy Ford, a guy who kind of came out of nowhere for Green Bay, he's been just so damn solid for the Packers. He was one of those guys that whenever I watched a Packer game last year, he was somebody that kind of really flew off the tape for me. So they do have guys. You know, Kenny Clark can still get to the quarterback. Preston Smith can get to the quarterback. If Rashawn Gary is healthy, he can get to the quarterback, you know, I, not as well, but regardless, like there is things here for the Packers and there is a window for them to win this game. But honestly, if the bears show up, they handle business. They don't get ahead of themselves. They don't get too high on their own supply heading into this game. You know, they, they kind of, in the sense of, in the words of Mitchell Trubisky, if, as long as they keep the TVs turned off and they don't listen to the media hype, that's like, the complete circuit media circus of Chicago dying for a winning football team right now, they should be fine, but you have to come in. You got to handle business. You got to get that home field advantage going early. You have to set the tone. If you can't set the tone on Sunday and you allow green Bay to set the tone, we don't know what Jordan love is yet. And if he has Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon gashing us, that's a big problem. You know, because that gives a young quarterback a lot of availability to get one-on-one matchups. Well, and yeah, man, that's that. It's funny you bring that up because I wonder we're going to find out about a lot about Matt Lafleur, right? Like you came into a situation where you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and when his play declined, that team was nowhere near as fucking good. So, I mean, they went from when Aaron Rodgers was pissed off that they drafted Jordan Love. Uh, him putting up back-to-back MVP seasons, like he was on a fucking terror to him not playing very well last year. Like they looked awful. So it makes you wonder, are they going to kind of, because the reports about love have not been great coming out of camp preseason. Like I, I, I don't think we've seen enough of him. I feel like I've seen enough of him in terms of playing on time and getting the ball to his receivers. Like, I think he could be a game manager at least, right? So I just um, – we're going to see. Like, are they going to come out and try to let Jordan Love air it out? Do they believe in him, right? Like, is he going to come in and, and throw the ball 40 times or is he going to throw the ball 18 times and are they just going to pound the rock and try to con- control the clock and win the game by three? Like, we have no idea what what this team's going to look like post-Aaron Rodgers. So with 
every change, um, you know, even if it appears like it's negative for a team, it, it could be positive. This is something that, in my opinion, LaFleur has been trying to do since he got there is implement that McVay-style offense. Like, hey, we want to run the ball a ton and then just pick and pop you in the passing game. So Aaron Rodgers' influence didn't allow LaFleur to do that. So we'll see what he looks like. LaFleur could be a dog shit coach, and we have no idea. Like, we have no clue. So there's just so much unknown about it. That's why I'm like, I can't chalk it up as a W. Do I think the Bears are going to win? Yeah, I think they have a better team right now, especially if Watson's out. Like, I think they have a better team right now. But we'll see, right? Like, you could do a lot with a really good offensive line. Yeah, no, and that's it all starts up front. And honestly, that kind of that kind of rolls into like my my first point of what I think one will be one of the biggest tests for us in this game is what is our interior defensive line going to do against a pretty pretty solid interior of the Packers offensive line. You know, John Runyon on one side of the guards and Elkton Jenkins on the other side, that's a pretty nice pair. And this is a team that very obviously is going to want to run the football. I mean, rumor you know believe what you want to believe but it's there were some pretty strong rumors and pretty strong sources that were saying that the Packers were trying to make a trade for uh, Jonathan Taylor you know it, it shows they really want to commit to trying to run the football to make things a little bit easier for Jordan Love and help him process things a little bit easier you know because getting those one-on-one matchups would certainly help a quarterback in his situation we need to be able to stop the run. There's no other way around it. You know, this is going to be a big test for Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, you know, Zach Pickens and, and Gervin Dexter, you know, as much as they get into the game, because I feel like there's going to be a bit of a rotation. I feel like Justin Jones, it's going to be hard to take him off the field, but I feel like the other three, it's going to be kind of a, a, a situation where they're really rolling these guys in and out. Um, and we're going to need to see, uh, we're going to see, need to see the three headed monster at linebacker really, really see them hit their gaps. You know, TJ Edwards going to have to have a big game. Jermaine Ed- Edmonds going to have to have a big game. You know, Jack Sanborn, I'm really interested to see how often we go three linebackers. Um, but it feels like we're going to be trying to load the box in this game and this kind game. of almost, almost daring Jordan Love to, to beat us, you know, because I feel like that's the way you need to be, especially when you have Aaron Jones who has, proven to be a guy who can just gash you for five six yards at a time when he's hot and even when he's not you have aj Dillon, who's just an absolute mauler you know i'm not going to be like a, a weird packer fan and talk about his thighs because that's a their their entire twitter accounts like dedicated to that which is very strange green bay you really need to stop that type of degenerate behavior but like you like you have to you have to watch that stuff you know the packers have a good interior David Bakhtiari is still a very good left tackle, whether he's healthy, you know, whether he's healthy is another story. Um, And if Jordan Love is in a play action or if he's getting time to step back there and drop and get some time to make decisions, we need a Yannick Ngakwe to have a big game. So like the front seven, it's really, I think, where this game is going to be won for us. As long as we can stop them on defense, I think our offense will be able to make enough foot push. Um, But specifically, that interior defensive line needs to be on top of their game. Yeah, unless Justin Fields has taken literally zero steps forward, I don't see this defense holding the Bears like to to uh you know a 13 point output. Like I think the Bears offense is set up to be pretty good. I think they have really substantially changed um the outlook. And and Justin Fields was putting up points by himself, right? For the most part. So I just feel like it would have to be a lot. It's funny you talked about I'm I'm trying to figure like if the Bears had AJ Dillon, would I have a Twitter account that size because like undoubtedly, you're teaching. undoubtedly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Cause I'm also a fucking weirdo. Um, but 
Yeah, man. I, I think I think you're spot on about the front seven portion. That's that's what makes me worry because they have a better front seven. You know what I mean? Like I I won't say that front seven on defense, but um because I do think our linebackers are I mean, we, we brought in a nice pair a nice pair of linebackers and Jack Sanborn had a great rookie season. So that's tough. I, I think they're comparable because I do think Campbell's a pretty good player. And if um Duke from Georgia takes that next step, sure. You know what I mean? Like I can see them being comparable units, but when it comes to front four and front five on the offensive and defensive line, I think they have us beat out, right? Like you have a ton of veterans on both sides of the line um, that really stabilizes it where the bears have a renegade pass rusher that really never really stayed anywhere um, or stayed put has been kind of moving around. And then you got some young guys with some promise. And I like Justin Jones. Right. But again, we're talking about kind of different animals. Now, when you look in the secondary, yeah, Jair is pretty good, but I think Rasul Douglas had, one good season, then kind of got overrated. Same with Eric Stokes, right? They're really hurting in terms of safeties, um, where I think that's one of the Bears' main strengths. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. These young guys got to step up. Darnell Wright has to have a good game, right? Like you want him to win most of those battles. Um, Dexter, Pickens, we need we need the, we need them to step up and, and play like vets, compete with vets, you know, good vets. Well, you know, in a name, a name that hasn't been brought up a ton really throughout the entire preseason and everything, he's kind of been a guy that's fly, uh, flown under the radar, but somebody who would really help us by having a good game opposite of Yannick Nagakwe on passing downs would be Dominic Robinson. You know, he did show some flashes of that last year. And one way or another, you know, we just spent this time talking about how good the Packers offensive line is. Right tackle is a glaring hole for them. They have Zach Tom at right tackle, who, uh, you know, second year player. I don't want to sit here and just like claim that he's just going to be terrible for his career or anything like that. Hasn't necessarily been like fantastic for the Green Bay Packers though. And if you're going to see a weakness on their offensive line, that's it, you know, and you need to be able to capitalize on that. Now, is that where Ngakwe is going to end up lining up? They're probably going to try to make that happen as much as they can. Um, I'm assuming Green Bay will bring in a tight end to kind of help him on a lot of that. But um you know, we need somebody on the opposite of Ngakwe to give us a good pass rush. You know, I, I'm not convinced yet that a Demarcus Walker or Rasheem Green are going to be able to do that. Um, but I did see quite a bit of Dominique Robinson last year, and his uh, just his athletic profile is so impressive that I feel like he is one of those guys that quietly could have a nice little breakout campaign if he's able to get that first move on his pass rush. And, you know, that's that's a lot of what – learning to be an edge rusher is, you know, you can put any sort of athlete on the outside. You know, I always, uh, I always make the argument from that bus with the, uh, with the jets who was drafted out of Ohio state. I think it was, uh, Bernie Golson. I want to say his name. I mean, sounds familiar. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a Golson. I'm pretty sure it, one of the best pass rushers in all of college football, but he didn't have a first move. He was just an athletic freak. And once he got to the NFL and didn't realize how to hand fight with offensive linemen, he, I don't think he ever got a career sack. He actually spent, uh, I think, like six games with us as well. Um, but that's going to be the big key with Dominique Robinson, and this is a good game to kind of show that, especially if he's going to be on a Zach Tom. You know, and even, you know what? Answer the bell, David Bakhtiari. He's been a good, good left tackle in this game for a long time. He's been very injury prone. He's if been banged the fuck up. Yeah. Like if we if no you idea. if How you can beat if if you can use that athleticism to beat him to the edge. On a, on a passing down where you don't have to worry about a running lane, do it. You know what I mean? Like make, make your presence known. That would be a very good start to the season for Dominic Robinson, in my opinion. 
Well, and his arms are just so fucking long, dude. Like he can get a sack from, he reminds me of stretch Armstrong at this point. Um, but you know, don't forget he's, I'm pretty sure he played quarterback in like tight end or wide receiver and he converted. So you would think his growth should be pretty substantial. Right. And he showed a lot of promise as just a raw athlete and raw talent. Um, but I, you know, I'm, it's funny you bring up Walker cause that's one of the guys I'm most intrigued to watch. Like, I think I, I think I know what we're going to get from Yannick Ngakwe and that's, you know, maybe eight to 10 sacks. Hopefully he plays the run better than expected. I think his run game ability is a bit overblown um, on the negative side, right? Like I don't think he's the worst run defender on the planet, but Walker made some things happen on a very, like he was able to break in and get some rotational snaps on a very talented front for um, Tennessee. And, and, and he maximizes production there. So I, I would, I'm really intrigued to see him in a starting role. I can't sit here and say I have the highest hopes for Walker, but I'm intrigued to see what he could do. Right. Like I think he's one of those X factor guys where if he comes out and has eight sacks for us, like this defensive line looks a million times different. So we just need him to, need him to step up, right? Not a traditional 4-3 um, defensive end. I'm sure we'll see him used a little bit more creatively, especially on pass rushing downs, but exactly. Yeah, he had eight sacks, like, and, and eight sacks is not something to snuff your nose at. Uh, you know, Travis Gibson is a guy that a lot of people are upset with, and he had eight sacks his rookie year, seven sacks, whatever it was. Um, also, like, five forced fumbles, but I'm not – I'm just splitting hairs here. Yeah. I mean, he's gone, Duke. He's on the Titans now. It was a it was a one for one swap. We'll see what happens. We'll see who has the better season, who won that. Um but overall, when it comes to matchups too, I think we need DJ Moore. I, Jair Alexander is so unlikable that it's like, please just make him feel like a little boy. You know, um, we had some big plays on Jair Alexander the last two games um that we've we've played them. So and we're talking about guys like Equinemius St. Brown and Nikhil Harry going up over his fucking head and making him look like a little boy. So DJ Moore should be able to do that. I do think Jair's good. I think he's a very aggressive player and that can bite him at times. But overall, I'm not like people in on Packers Twitter talk about him like he's fucking Darrell Revis. And it's like, hey, he's a very good corner, but I don't I don't think he's in consideration for, you know, I don't even think his name would be mentioned for the Hall of Fame at this point. Right. So when you want to talk about great players and shit, like, like he, that's how I feel like the type of hits he gets, hype he gets. He gets that Darrell Rivas hype. He gets that Charles Woodson hype. Right. Like, and, and we're talking about some of the best players to ever play that position. So I just, very good player. But I mean, the guy's got like fucking six career interceptions. And I think two of them are against the Bears. Yeah. You know, and I, I have to tip my hat. He got a good interception against us last year. But even, even before that, you're right. Ekinemary St. Brown, I believe, like just absolutely stole his lunch money and was in his face after the play. Like he's a guy that I almost feel like watching the Packers against a guy like against like the Minnesota Vikings when he when he faced up against the Justin Jefferson. Which, by the way, when you when you talk about your corner like that, you should be excited for those matchups. I remember when we had Charles Tillman. I had that. I had both Detroit games circled because I was excited to watch him and freaking Megatron go at it. Because I knew Charles was going to put up a good fight, and even if Charles or you know gave up a touchdown or gave up like eighty plus yards, it was going to be a good matchup, and it was going to be physical the whole time. Like, and, and honestly, it barely ever got to that. Charles usually shut him down. They, it feels like they protect Jair. They do not always keep him on the best guy on the field, and it's 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 mind blowing to me. It's almost like they want 
the quarterback to kind of forget that he's on the field at times. But like, if, if my my opinion of a shutdown corner is that Darrell Revis, like I want him on the best wide receiver the entire game, and I want him to take his lunch money. Like that simple. You don't even need to talk. You know what I mean? And I understand like the modern cornerback these days, like they have to they have to talk. They have to talk trash. You know, they have to get in the wide receivers grill, all that shit. But like there's something to be said about those like kind of silent assassins. And I feel like Darrell Revis was one of those guys. Like he didn't have to really jaw at you. He was just like, I'm just going to shut you down. Like, I don't care how good you think you are at the position. Um, I, I have been great for multiple teams now. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, there's there's nothing else that needs to be said. And Charles Tim was the same way. Charles wasn't a talker. He was a guy. And Charles Woodson, same thing. He did like talking shit to Jay Cutler, but that's a lot of people like talking shit to Jay Cutler. So, uh, I mean, we, we can't we can't really hold that to him. But he really wasn't a guy that talked a ton on the field as well. So, like, when I see Jair, you know, get, get kind of clapped all day and then get an interception and then, you know, hit the gritty, it's like, you know, okay, dude congratulations like you just got an individual step but like your passer rating against is atrocious this game you know what i mean like anytime you've been targeted you've been you've been it's been tough tough sledding the fact that your defense is trying to almost protect you by giving you a guy over the top or like having you play the slot on a guy to be able to play inside during in a zone shows us that maybe their confidence isn't as high on you as you think it possibly is either so i i don't want to just sit here and trash on Jair because, you know, usually that turns into that player having a great game against us. And, you know, he is prone to have those. And, you know, he is a very talented corner. There's absolutely no argument about that. But, yeah, I, I did just do not understand the hype surrounding him. I just have never watched a game where I'm like, man, he has really shut this guy down. It, it's like, been- he's the best player on the field. Not one time have I ever fucking felt that watching a Packers game. I no. think Rizan Gary is a better player than him. Uh, at the top end, you know what I mean? Like, I think you can affect the game more than Jair Alexander. I do want to correct myself because he had five interceptions going into last year, and that, then he had five last year. So that's a pretty good stat in terms of um, taking the ball away. Five, five interceptions is nothing to turn your nose up at. But just, like, in comparison, right, you look at Darrell Revis. At this point in his career, it was the first time all pro three times, right? So you were named one of the best two players at the position three times in your first five years. Jair has been an all pro two twice. So, again, I'm not turning my nose up at it. Like, Roquan Smith was an all pro two twice in his first five years, right? Like, I'm not I'm not sitting here discounting what Jair Alexander is a player, but I am saying that Packers fans are way too fucking high on him and speak about him like he is literally God's gift to football. Good player. I don't think he's ever been the best player on the field watching a Packers game. Yeah, and man, that that is the take the Packer fans will absolutely hate for the record because they they really are high on Jair and they do think he is their best defensive piece. And you know, I I think there is an argument that he he might be. He just hasn't really fully reached his potential yet. Honestly, dude, I hate the guy's voice. Like, I know that's so dumb, but he is the like people complain about Patrick Mahomes' voice. Go listen to a Jair Alexander interview. I don't care who you're a fan of. You listen to that guy talk, and you're like, wow, this guy sucks. Like yeah, there's and, no way around it. You know who he reminds me of a lot, actually, because he's aggressive, scrappy. He reminds me of a dude that got knocked out by Andre Johnson or just got smoked by him. Was it Finnegan? Cortland Finnegan? Cortland Finnegan, yeah. Yeah, Finnegan. That's he was, he was a really good corner. He had a good he's a really good corner. Career. Never once was he mentioned in the conversation as one of the best corners to ever play. You see what I'm saying? There's a big fucking difference here. Like we're talking Bain and Garfield. When you, when you bring up names like Woodson and Woodson was a Packer. You guys should know better. You guys should know better. That fucking guy won a Heisman as a defensive back. That sacrilege. is not normal. Sacrilege to like compare that is them. not normal, bro. 
you would do a defense player on the Heisman. There's no other way to put it. You know, like uh, Norm McDonald had a joke about him at the ESPYs. Like you'll never be able to top that. It was an OJ Simpson joke to top it all off. <laughs> like, like you'll never be able to like ascend to that type of greatness. But yeah, I just we're we're saying all this. Jair, watch Jair just have. He's gonna have three picks, one for a touchdown, and just fucking like for some reason the one. Bears podcast he's ever listened to will be this and he's gonna like clip this to talk about how fat I am and like post all these pictures that he found of me on Google who knows right dude, but- honestly dude by all means I would love to get that like anti-bear you know Green Bay Packer fan base to just hate us and just hate watch us I mean dude honestly shout out where the hell is the Detroit uh where's the Detroit guy I know you're watching tell us about Detroit right now is dude, Detroit watch, winning this please game? say Detroit over everything please right now dude, um, I'm, I'm just I'm waiting for it no, but um, what was I going to say? I, 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 It's funny you talk about the hate because that is one thing I really enjoy about the the players that we have assembled. Like Jaquan Brisker hates the Packers. Justin Jones hates the Packers. Like I enjoy that. I don't want like these guys to, enjoy, to, to really have any respect for them. It's fine. You shake hands after the game, but I want them to treat this like a fucking college rivalry. Like, no, I like – you are not coming into my house and beating us. And if you do, it's going to ruin my whole fucking shit. Like that's how I want this game to be treated. Cause that's how bears fans treat it. I mean, look at the fucking, what is happening on Twitter just because we got a couple good prospects. You know what I mean? Just because we got a couple f- good football players in the building. It's like, nah, fuck you. We're taking over now. Like we like bears fans need this bad. Um, and backers fans need to be kind of put in their place, right? Like they need to have a season where they're pretty shitty, not bad enough to get Caleb Williams, but pretty shitty. <laughs> wow that's that's horrifying um honestly dude the way i look at it and i've even talked to my buddy who is a huge packers fan i'm not going to say his name but uh he knows exactly who he is um we've talked about the fact that people our age who are packer fans don't know what life without a quarterback is they don't like that's that's so spoiled the best teams in football who have who are our age have had to deal with that. Even the, even the new England Patriots have had to deal with it post Tom Brady. You know yeah. what I mean? Like San Francisco, they got a little bit lucky there, but then they were Jeff Garcia and everybody else until Alex Smith four years into his career became a quarterback. Like all teams have had to deal with it. Green Bay has really hit lightning in a bottle by hitting on two in a row. Like if honestly, you know, you brought up earlier that Jordan love could be a game manager. Dude, that will not be enough for these guys. Like people who are our age and have watched what excellence is at quarterback. Like, and, and these guys were nitpicking Aaron Rodgers on a week to week basis during his MVP season. Like, they are in for a very rude awakening. And I don't want to sit here and say that Jordan Love can't be a really good quarterback in the league. Um, but it's going to be a dip. There's going to be a dip here. You know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is Bane and we're taught we're hovering Garfield territory for Jordan love. You know what? Yeah, exactly. We're, I mean, we're hovering fucking Teletubby territory. (laughs) But like, I just, I'm so interested. I almost want to do like a case study, but I want to do like a freaking like uh, a Joe Schmo documentary of like how Packer fans like react to what a normal quarterback situation in the NFL looks like, because they, most of them have never lived to see it. And it's funny because like the older Packer fans who had to live through the seventies and eighties, they know they haven't seen it in a while, but like they'll be around. They're going to, they're going to watch the Packers every single Sunday. Those are the genuine diehards. I'll give them credit as annoying as they can be at a bar. 
um, especially during my fantasy draft. This one dude wouldn't stop bothering me for about 20 minutes, but that's what living in Wisconsin is all about. But like the people who are our age, I want to see like how, who just gets uninterested in football or grows out of watching football on Sundays all of a sudden once uh, there isn't greatness at quarterback every week. Yeah. And it's funny because like, now that you say all that, I mean, Brett Favre, when he retired was arguably the best quarterback to play, but I mean, there was not a list that you were making where he was outside of the top five, right? Like he was was definitely one of them. And then Aaron Rodgers was, I could say with confidence far and away better because he had all of the upside of Favre with a fraction of the fucking negative, right. And a fraction of the, of the gunslinger aspect of, of just giving the ball away. So they literally upgraded from one of the best quarterbacks ever to someone that pushed him out of that top five conversation. Right. And I'm sure the photos and some other things didn't help. Right. Um, for, for Brett Favre's case, but overall, um, I think it's just kind of now, now that I'm saying it, the, the odds of Jordan love being even close to as good as those two guys is so fucking astronomical, like better chance of getting struck by lightning 14 times and living through it. Um, so yeah, the Packers suck. Uh, Dude, I think it would somehow that the Packers are a fucking terrible team. Now it would be, it would be so out of the realm of possibility. Cause like, dude, you look at other teams, like, can you tell me another team that even got two two back-to-back hall of famers besides the Niners and the Niners, dude, Steve Young had to sit for a good while before he got his chance. And even then there was a, there was a lot of people in San Francisco who wanted nothing to do with the guy they wanted. They wanted Joe Montana. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation to have. And, you know, and then, you know, we're talking about stuff like that. We're talking about, you know, Favre to Rogers, dude, there are people in green Bay who are hyping up Sean Clifford right now. Like they think that like, if love doesn't pan out, like the Sean Clifford guy can roll in, watched a lot of Sean Clifford at Penn state. If, if that's a guy that's being compared with your quarterback, you drafted in the first round, your franchise quarterback. That's all I'm gonna say, man. It's uh, it, <laughs> there's there's levels here. If uh, if Sean Clifford's a- after watching Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for your life, if Sean Clifford's getting you fucking little feisty, getting you a little like rambunctious in the sack, like <laughs> I don't know, man. That's 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 some tough sledding. That is some tough sledding. I I mean, yeah, I I, I will say Sean Clifford does scratch. Um, that Gardner Minshew territory of Moxie. So, but you shouldn't be seeing, like I, I can see that as a Bears fan because it's been so horrible for so long. You shouldn't be seeing that. That should be completely unacceptable for you as a Packers fan. So I don't know how you've lowered your standards so quickly, but shit happens when you're on the rebound, right? Like it is the way it is. Yeah. So I feel like we're both uh, fairly confident that the Bears can end up pulling this out. Obviously we have, we have the talent to do it. It's all going to come down to how prepared this team is. Um, you know, I, I would, I love the the Joakim Noah type arc that Jaquan Brisker is building right now because, like, th- this team desperately needs something like that, and that's part of like why I loved about Jaquan in the pre draft process is just how much of a fucking he got that he's got that dog in him. Like, if he there's a zero, someone like that, so bad, dude. We need someone with some balls for a while. Yeah, and I I feel like him and Eddie are that that good combo because like the last safety combo he had was a guy who defected and went up north. You know what I mean? So like, 
and that's it, it's nice to get that and it, it was a penn state guy which is just kind of really that 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 is definitely not lost on me either so it's really nice to see brisker kind of come into his own you anyone who's been listening to this podcast knows how much i love jaquan brisker um so I mean, we got the traditionally produces defensive talent that could that likes to fucking lay the wood right like there's no coincidence it's, Wisconsin produces linebackers that look like fucking thumbs. Like it's just the way it is. Certain <laughs> certain teams and certain programs like to recruit a certain way. By the way, keep an eye out on uh, Leo Chanel for Thursday. He is going he to be getting... last year. Is he playing this year? Or is that Kansas City is in this? I think there's an Andy Reid thing more than anything. They're so stingy on playing rookies right out of the gate. And especially if you're a defensive rookie, that's a tough sell. Um, but I think Leo, he's completely healthy. I see he's he's yacked to the absolute gills. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures from him this year. He, is, he always has been, but like he put in the work in the offseason. Um, I guarantee you he was in Luke Fickle's fucking weight room like the entire offseason. Um, but he's gonna be getting the start here on Thursday. I would not be surprised at all if he was somebody that the commentators ended up really focusing on. I could see him finishing with like a 10, 10 tackle type of performance. He really is an electric linebacker. He was somebody I really wanted the Bears to get, but I'm, of course, I'm very happy with my boy Jack Sanborn. Um, score predictions. What do you What do you feel the score is? What How do you, How do you How many points do you think the Bears can put up? So I think there's not going to be that many p- possessions in this game for both sides because I think that's going to be by design more from the Packers, but I also think the bears are going to try to play a little bit of ball control as well. Right? Like I I think we know that the bears can score in a hurry. Um, But with that being said, I don't, I honestly, if I didn't look at the over under, but I would probably take the under just on instinct. um, Cause I do think it's going to be a ball control type game. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of possessions. So it's going to limit scoring, but I do think the, the bears can put up, 24 i'll say 24 to 17 bears okay i'll uh just just because me and you are always pretty consistent with where we see scores because that's kind of kind of the numbers i had running in my head i'll go uh i'll go 31 17 i'll say that this is a tight game for the uh, good portion of it jordan love makes a mistake we immediately make him pay for it and then we just kind of we kind of run we kind of have that runaway fourth quarter i think all the way through the third quarter, it's a pretty tight game. It's like Jordan 17, Love, 17, 17. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Jordan Jordan Love kind of starts feeling the pressure, maybe of the rivalry of like Soldier Field, kind of of the moment. Because you know, people can say whatever they want about what Jordan Love has shown in this limited time. He's never really been put in a really tough spot in a in a big moment against a division rival. You know, he did it. Yeah, he played against the Chiefs. It was very mediocre in that game. Eagles, Eagles were already running away with that game. Um, so yeah, I, I could see us really kind of turning that around. A Jaquan Brisker intercept uh, pick six would be absolutely electric, but I, I don't know if I can call that one. Um, I think my bold prediction, Lucas, you know, I'm pretty good with these. Tyreek Stevenson gets his first career interception. I think Tyre, and I didn't get a chance to talk about him on this podcast, but he's somebody I will talk about throughout the course of the season. I am huge on Tyreek Stevenson I think he is going to potentially be a star in our secondary and uh no matter where they put him whether it's a slot or it's the outside he is going to be dynamite he is all three DBs they have drafted I'm like Kyler looks like he can ascend into one of the one of the better nickels in in the league right so I mean he's just has the perfect profile 
to play nickel at a high level. Um, and I like that our fucking DBs all lay the wood. Like Stevenson likes to hit. Kyler likes to hit. Kyler's a big fucking dude too. Brisker, you know, that's that's very obvious. Um, and Jalen Johnson, he, he likes to lay the wood on people too. Bold prediction-wise, I think – is going to be kind of obscure but i do i think that in this first game we um were able to expose some of the weaknesses uh within the the green bay packers scheme more so more so than their personnel um when it comes down to the rushing attack so i think deonta foreman has 120 yards and a touchdown that's uh that's that's a nice one i really do like deonta foreman though i think he's someone who's kind of he's someone that's just on yeah like a fart in the wind and everyone's talking about herbert and roshan johnson but it's like i don't know i i, I think this kind of matchup for him works out who knows he might not get a fucking carry i'm not sure but um i think the bears are gonna be able to run the fuck out of the ball and there's no shot i'm giving khalil herbert that prediction so you know i'm just i'm just kind of here with uh deonta foreman I was I was just waiting for that slant, man. At a certain point, dude, I swear to God, if Khalil Herbert starts going off, you're gonna you're just gonna have to rip the band-aid off. I don't think he's a bad back, dude. I just think we're not understanding how big of a downgrade it is to go from a true three-down workhorse back to Khalil Herbert. Like that's like like David Montgomery is what he lacks in uh upside and athleticism in terms of like long plays. He he's a very, very complete fucking back that Bears fans really underappreciated. Um, and like Herbert is not a one for one. There's a reason why we signed Homer. There's a reason why we drafted Roshan, who was one of the best blocking running backs in the in the draft. Um, signed Foreman as well, right? Like we I I think Herbert is very, very good at what he does, but it's limited. And I've I'll stand by that. I don't I don't care if he's the fucking rushing leader. I don't. I hate you so much. I can't wait to take your money. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I think that's I, dude, it's going to be the easiest money I ever made. Um, what is that bet? I screen, I screenshot it. I'll uh, we'll fourteen hundred. You said that's insane, dude. You're out of your. Face. I don't think I said fourteen. I'm pretty sure I said twelve hundred. Twelve would be more reasonable. Fourteen. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it after the pot. We we got to get we got to get the fuck out of here. All but right. uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have this week for the Barely There podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at that pod guy Duke and at Lucas Fetty forty six, as well as podcast at Barely There Pod. Till next time, this has been Duke Coughlin, joined by Lucas Fetty. We'll be back next week with hopefully a winning discussion about the green bay packers about how we finally just buried those fuckers and uh hopefully jordan love once again wishes a, wishes us a happy father's day but we'll be back with another exciting episode covering your chicago bears drink your refuel and say your prayers bear down bear down <laughs>